0: People imagine a vain thing, but you who sit in the heavens laughs at them because you know that their devices won't work. You make an utter end. Affliction will not rise up a second time once you put an end to it. And we are so thankful for that, Lord. So we bless you, we praise you, and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. And praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. He is worthy to be praised. Amen. So today I thought we'd share a little bit about time, and and I want to talk to you about withstanding the test of time, amen, withstanding the test of time, because time is a tester, amen, it is a tester, praise the Lord. And Ecclesiastes chapter 3 talks about the reason for time, talks something about Praise God. It's a good thing we don't have a penalty box for tardy people. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> some, some tardy people. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I had a real spiffy translation I was gonna whoop on y'all, but I just I just whoop whoop the King James. That's gonna sound all knowledgeable and up to date. However, it says in verse one, to everything. There's no exceptions to this, okay? To everything. There is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. So you could say that time is given to fulfill certain purposes. Time is given to fulfill certain purposes. Amen? The way you can figure out if you're using your time for the purpose that it's given is you gotta contact God. You gotta have a relationship with Him. You have to be submitted to the living God. If you're going to live out your time according to its God-given purpose, you're going to have to make contact with the creator. And not just a one-time drop-in and drop out. But you're going to have to walk with him as your friend, as your God, as your Lord, and and not make time for anything that's not in God's purpose for you. Or you going to be wasting time. Now I didn't want to jump off right away on this. I was going to read y'all some scriptures. And let y'all go to sleep. What page is she on? (laughs) However. But I just dropped that in right there. Because it's timely right there. So there's a time and a season. And a time to every purpose under heaven. When you get into heaven, why is there no time and purpose there? Because there's no time in heaven. It's eternity already. See, gotcha. <laughs> but you won't get there if you don't do this thing right here right. You understand what I'm saying? So let's just focus all right now here. So under heaven, as long as you walk this earth, you have time for a specific purposes and time for specific things why do you think everything is in now i've noticed it maybe you don't agree but i've noticed that there's a rush on everything all of a sudden why why do you think that rush is why are people rushing to do this rushing to do that rushing to why there you go. They ain't doing what they're supposed to be doing with their time here on earth. Oh, oh Pastor Farm, I'm itching. I'm allergic to them kind of words. They just hurt me sometimes. Well, you know, if the truth hurts, get into truth. and It'll be your friend. Got me? It'll be your friend. It won't hurt you all the time. David said, I love your law. It's my meditation day and night. You wouldn't meditate on something day and night that hurts your feelings. But you could fall in line with it so that truth becomes your friend and your constant companion. Truth will help you in this life. He says a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together. Time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away or to throw away. Time to rend or to tear and a time to sew. Time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. So there is a time for every purpose. There is purpose to everything in the earth. And there's time for it. Things that have no purpose, there is no time given by God for that. In other words, if you don't know why you're doing something, you should ought not be doing it. Because it's not on your plate. You're going to spend time in some things where you look back and you realize, now I should have took so-and-so's advice right here. I should have listened to so-and-so right here and got involved in that. But I resisted because it didn't sound right to me, which means it didn't sound right to your flesh. read some more scripture i like that better than Uh, it's true we don't have time to waste god gives you time for a purpose that he has set in you in your life for what you carry into this earth if you knew the real value of what he has put inside of you you be more careful about how you spend your time here doing what you do. And see, that's not the same thing as uh <laughs> somebody, <laughs> I'm a queen, I gotta adjust my crown. Right, right. Free. I ain't talking about that kind of stuff. Huh? Okay. You don't need to have purpose to adjust your crown. Huh? <laughs> Go through all day adjusting your crown. I'm a strong woman. Can't even keep your nose from. Let me stop. Hi. Hi, everybody on the internet. You might be the last people standing today. I don't know. But anyway, we move on. But time is your tester time is your tester we're all sitting beside an hourglass and the sand is going from one end to the other one and we're being tested on how we spend our time what we do in that time allotted we're being tested by time time passage is necessary for several reasons number one in, in your spiritual walk, time is used to test your faith in God. If you can withstand the passage of time between when God tells you something is for you and when you receive it, you'll receive what exactly what God has for you. You'll receive it on time. You'll be able to hold on to it. You'll be able to enjoy it. If you hasten any of that or if you misuse your time in any way, you're going to miss the purpose for which the promise was given to you. You're going to miss the major focus of what life is supposed to be all about. Something is going to come up short somewhere And what happens sometimes is when we receive things prematurely ahead of time, we tend to squander the time that we should have spent waiting for it, doing something that's either going to get us in trouble, get us in debt, you'll understand how you mismanage it by the fruit of it. You You see what I'm saying? I always give the analogy about bananas. Nobody likes the taste of green bananas. Huh? They have a totally different taste, green. Now some fruit you can eat it a little underripe. You know? I cheat with fruit all the time. I buy melon. And you can't tell what a melon, I used to see my daddy thump watermelons and stuff like that when I was a kid. I didn't know what he was thumping for. I never asked the questions. But I went, I go and thump them now. (laughs) Hello, melon. Are you in there? Can you tell me if you're sweet or not? So you get your melon, you cut it, and it's got a lot of, it looks juicy, but the taste is flat. So you cheat. You put a little sugar on it, you put a little, you know, lemon juice or something to make it taste more like real food instead of. But you can't cheat that well with bananas. Green bananas taste terrible. They taste nothing like the sweet thing. huh? The tastes are totally different. But everybody buys them when they're a little green. Cause then when you, if you let them get too ripe, they look a little crazy. But oftentimes when you peel it back, you find you got a pretty decent taste in banana there. So it's hard to judge by the appearance of some things. Huh? Yeah. What it's gonna be like yeah. on the inside. Yeah. So when we start pressing God for give it to me now, I gotta have it now. I got my face out. I got it. Sow a big seed so it'll come in real fast. I'll put $2 on, you know what that reminds me of? Uh, when, you know when some people talk about how they give so they can be blessed? I think I used to, I did that for years before I got saved. I would go right out there to Little Jack or Big Jack, whoever is Thistle, used to be Thistle down racetrack. Yep. I worked third shift. And I knew how to get there because I worked over on what was that street? It's been so long. They don't even have a street anymore. Warrensville somewhere. There was a hospital out there. And no, uh, no, nah, nah, it ain't nothing. Y'all would know nothing about it. Come on now, don't don't challenge my brain this early in the afternoon. But I could get in there and and get. Three races and bet two trifectas before I had to go to work. And I knew how to hedge my bets. I would put so much on here, so much over here, so much over here. And that sounds like what many people do with what they call faith. It has a real familiar ring to me somehow. Uh Because we're really gambling many times. We're betting our horse is going to be faster than the horse. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? If I can get my faith horse faster in this race, I can get my stuff ahead of time. Huh? Time is very important. It's It's a tester on everything. Amen? Time is a tester on everything. If you buy green bananas, your patience to wait for them to get ripe will be tested. And you don't know what day they're going to turn all yellow and nice so you can eat them. So you just got to sit there and look at them. Then they tell you, you get these little tips, go on YouTube and you can do anything very quickly. You can have a doctorate in theology overnight. Uh huh so you yeah, you put in a dark yeah, you put in a dark bag with another banana peel or something like that and it'll get you know, that stuff seldom works. You understand? It the time will test all of us. Huh? I tell when we have the uh we have the conference and we banana pudding everybody in hospitality say, Oh no <laughs> You know, somebody else say like this Are we going to make banana pudding? I'm so happy about it. I said, "Listen, don't play me." Hey. Huh? Miss Patty wants it to be made so she don't have to bake more cakes. They want her to bake more cakes, and then everybody runs in there helps her with her cakes all of a sudden. Uh-huh. Listen, y'all think I won't be paying attention? I pay attention to everything that's important. Yeah oh yeah let's make it yeah, everybody's favorite they love it yeah I'm, I'm ready right but i tell whoever buys stuff i said don't buy them at all looking green and don't buy them the day we need them because the devil takes all of the ripe ones out of the stores and puts the green ones in every store you go to because you done not wait it too long though Because you can't rush time. We're running out of time. Especially if we're not spending it the way God says to spend it, we will run out of it. For your unsaved friends, a day is going to come where they're going to be out of time to say yes to Jesus. You know, now, I know charismatic Pentecostal, spirit-filled people don't like to talk like that, don't like to think like that there there are people that extinguish their time amen how can you make time your friend by doing the will of god every day if it is not on your plate don't partake of it you got to find out if god put that on your plate or not huh you really do if it's not on your plate, don't partake of it because you are wasting God's time and your time. And some of it you cannot get back. They say, oh, God redeems the time. You don't read that scripture right. It's like an old wives tale from church people. The scripture says that we are to walk circumspectly. That means circumspect. The circumspect means to look around. Be you check yourself out, check out the people you're dealing with, check everything out. And that's how you redeem the time. That's how you take the time. The time that's given you has to be redeemed. Otherwise, it will be wasted. It's redeemed when you're in the purpose of God. When you're in the purpose of a redemption, that's when time is redeemed. So you walk circumspectly. You look around and make sure God's involved in it and is the author of it before you get involved in it. Amen? Now, we can all believe for a miracle to get time back, but very few people do. Because then we'd be encouraged to cheat. Because if God lets you get that back that easy... You'll go on and do something else crazy. But God's word is true. Amen. Let him be true and every man a liar. And so God has given us time for purpose. Not for anything else. Time test your faith in God. Can you wait until he opens the door for it? Or are you in the illusion that that's a door you just walk through? Let me all say it again. Everybody holding their breath. Are you in the illusion that that is a door that you just walk through? What do you mean I just walked through it <laughs> wherever you're at now, you walk through that place. You understand what I'm saying? some people will call at a door and it ain't even a good window. And you ain't that good at climbing. You'd have to be a pretty good burglar to get through some of these windows. I was looking at my house. I didn't realize for a long time that those grids that they have on in windows are actually burglar bars. They're just, they don't look like it. So you don't look ghetto. In the birds, but you're doing the same thing the ghetto do, you know what I'm saying? God forbid we look like ghetto people. We're trying to get away from the ghetto. But I want my burglar bars. I... Steel doors. Front and back doors aren't made of nothing but steel nowadays. You understand what I'm saying? And so, we have to understand that God creates doors that no man can close he opens those doors for us but those doors will be open in their time you have to give things over to God and let him establish things in their time people know how to create doors for themselves you know I mean we really do you know people say things like uh, (laughs) You know, you hear one of those those sermons, those testimonies. You know, Richard Richard Muller, the the great evangelist with the orphanage. You remember him? Yeah, he would wouldn't tell a soul what the need was, and he would just pray, and God would show up every single time. you say, oh, that sounds good. I'm gonna do that." And we. <laughs> <laughs> what we do, we get slick. We we ask three or four saints to pray with us. Oh <laughs> open you drop. If I could drop that word on the right saint with some extra cash, yeah, that's gonna come to pass real quick. Uh, pray the Lord, Amen. <laughs> so we know how to open doors. You've been doing it ever since your parents would drop you on the floor and you found out you can walk, huh? First thing a little kid will go for is the dough. You understand what I'm saying? They want out. Amen. Well, sure. That's why it's so hard to keep 'em in church, and keep 'em in school, and keep 'em in. They've been looking to escape all their life, huh? Just good at it. Amen. So the testing of your faith is very necessary. Well I got faith. I know I got faith. Yeah, well we all gonna know it when the test is over. Because you get to take an exam on it. The only way you know what your faith can do is it must be tested. Huh? Well I know what my faith can do. Oh, you're gonna really know it after <laughs> after you get through going through the, the cookie meal, you really gonna know. But we will all know what your faith can do. Amen. God will tell you. I want you to share this testimony with the church when it, you know, that thing comes in and you rejoice about it. You go and share. Well, why do you want to share? Your faith is an investment in my life. In the life of the person sitting next to you, in the life of the one sitting, we're all invested in one another. That's why we all gotta be tested. It's just like school. Only more real. Huh? We all have to be tested. You should want to know what your faith can do. Before you go shop for anything, before you sign on a dotted line, before you go deciding in your heart what you want, you should You should be able to know what your faith can do. Your faith will be tested over and over and over again because it's ever increasing, the Bible says. God is adding to our faith continually, so that's why it's continually tested. Amen? There are people that that I know, and, and the same thing is true with myself. When I first started in the things of God... I was nervous about this and nervous about that. Now I can't be moved in certain areas. But see, there are some areas where I can be moved, but certain areas I cannot be moved. Amen? And if that ever gets shaky, God will put me through the test again. Why? To strengthen your faith. That's why you test it so it can be strengthened. This isn't a, a flunk out school. The school of the spirit is not one you can flunk out of. But you go, do get to do over. Huh? You get to do over. So your faith in God must be tested. And time is your tester. Time establishes confidence in God in your heart. So that you begin to understand that God is not unjust. But he is faithful and worthy of our trust. Amen? It took Abraham and Sarah almost 30 years walking with God to judge God faithful. When they started out, Abraham was a little under 70 years of age, I think. When they received the promise, he was 99 years old. He was tested on whether or not he could do it without God's help. That's always the issue. If you can do it without God's help, you don't have a promise, you have a counterfeit. I was going to use another word, but people get all nervous about stuff. Huh? You have a bastard. You don't have anything that God promised you. You don't have a thoroughbred. Hey! <laughs> Why my horse racing stuck? keeps coming up, but I kill that devil in Jesus. But I was, it's interesting, I was reading something about purebreds and in, in, in breeding, period. Horses, dogs. I don't know if they do cats. You know, cats just kind of got a life of their own now. You can understand that. I don't have Uh-huh. Anything you don't see it coming, and it don't make no noise, and all. you know what I'm saying? It ain't my cup of tea. But it, in order for a, a an animal that was a horse—no offense, don't take no offense—that that old fat cat of yours don't do nothing but eat <laughs> and cocoa too. So maybe they they belong to the same thoroughbred club. But, But thoroughbreds are not considered to be thoroughbreds until 14 generations of breeding from the same sire and dam are accomplished. Did you know that the Bible counts the generations of Jesus in 14? Yeah. See, people don't come up with anything original. It's all from the Bible. Amen. He's a purebred. He's a thoroughbred. He's what God promised. Amen? Absolutely. And so when we talk about the test of time, folks, time must put us to the test. It puts us to the test. So it establishes that God is not unjust, but he's faithful and he's worthy of our trust. You have to put your prayer life out there and you have to be believing God for something. In order for that test to make God real to you. Amen. So it tests our relationship with God. It tests our confidence in God. Time does all of that. We see in the life of David. It was 17 years or 13 years. No 17 years. Between the time David was anointed at age 17. Until he was crowned king of Israel. That was at age 30. Was that 13 years? He was a fugitive for all of those years. Now, most people say stuff like, well, I'm calling this an apostle. Get me on the front row. Where's the truth? I mean, it's just my crown. Miter, whatever it is enter the bishop whatever yeah so people get a prophecy and run out and think a bunch of people are going to make a big deal out of them Uh then you find out they chase you out of the church that you used to like so much couldn't keep you out of there now you're all of a sudden very suspect Uh huh well how's that for accolades You were expecting the red carpet treatment and they give you the left foot of fellowship. And so time is going to test all of us. We've got to go through the test of time. If there is something that God put in you that is worthwhile enough service to humanity, time will tell it coming out. There may be little evidence of it at all at the time that you're called. A seed looks nothing like the end result plant. And so time proves what that seed is. Amen. Time will always prove it. You cannot rush it. You cannot make it manifest ahead of time. Time is the great tester of all things. Joseph had a dream at age 17 very similar to David. Thank God, by the time Abraham's seed lived a few generations, because of learning about God, their time was cut down, but not eliminated. So Joseph was called at age 17, thereabouts. He was in prison for most of his development. Huh? That's for you people like an early release of all the thugs in the family. Uh, you, come on now, you don't want Bay Bro out on the street, you didn't want him in your house. If he had to come over there Thanksgiving, you counted the silverware, you counted everything, and right after they left, you get the silverware drawer off. And it ain't even silver no more, it's just matching flatware. You know, I'm mean, like, hey, he'll take that to the pawn shop. You all praying for him to get released early and all this kind of stuff. Stop it. Joseph was falsely accused, but he stayed in prison. Hmm. For all you people that think injustice must be stopped immediately, I got news for you. It stops when God says so. Joseph's gifting came back on him while he was in prison. He gave an interpretation of a dream to the butcher and the baker. Huh? The, uh, not the butcher it was the who was it? the baker? I know that much, and the wine steward, yeah, the butler. So the wine steward guy got out. And Joseph said, uh, mention me to Pharaoh when you get back up. You know, you, I know you work up there in the palace. Well, the dream was accurate. It happened just the way God told him it would. But he looked at that dream as his passport to freedom. And it actually got him more bondage. Let me tell you something. Anything you get from God that's valuable... Will do more to strap you down than it will to loose you. It will confine you and restrict you more. Than it will give you freedom to do what you want to do with your life. If God's put anything valuable in you. He has to have continual access to it. I mean 24 slash 7. Well, God uses me in dreams and so, okay, hey, we all got a little something working for us. One dream is no more important than another one is. Amen. They're to profit. Or one gift is not more. They're to profit everybody. Whenever God. But the thing that will make yours most profitable is the amount that you yield it over to God and yield your entire life to God and make yourself available to him. I remember we were in a church when I first got started and, and I just developed a big distaste for religion. <laughs> but I also had a distaste for religious people. Because <laughs> they're the meanest bunch of little critters I've ever run into. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Religion is is hateful. It really is. And uh I used to talk to God and said, Well, God, they do everything in the church, and why do you use them? And he watched he had me watch somebody one time for a period of God for a period of time, and he says, cause they make themselves available wow. Wow. the little bit of corner they can give God to use, they make it doubly available, yeah. huh? And with us, we always I'm ready to go. Huh? Oh honey, my time is valuable. Oh, I can't hang around and do that. Huh? We can give God so much time on the clock. We don't have to have us ready to go. It's time to go. Huh? Sure. Now, why do we do that? Because we don't know the value of what we have inside of us. Because we want to take it and squander it somewhere that it's not purposed for. We don't want to totally submit it to God. Take our shoes off, honey. Okay. Thank you. We don't want to totally submit it to God so that God can max out. And see, when God uses us, he uses us to serve. Ah! There's that word again. But, child, I come from a long line of ex-slaves, and they just serve people all the time with no pay. And guess what? You might do it again. And get paid less. Hello. Hello. If God needs somebody somewhere and he's put his spirit inside of you and he's answered your prayer and fed you and clothed you so that you could learn something about him. uh, I know he can pull that out of you and use it to share it with somebody else and help them. That's the purpose of it. We ain't here for us. God is here for us. God takes care of us. You don't take care of you. And the more you can take care of God's business, the more his, his, your business he'll take care of. You reap what you sow. Joseph finally got out of prison, but he got on the, he was shocked when he got out. That's always the response when God shows up. Huh? All these people talk about, uh, you know, I, I'm i called to this and I'm called to that. I said, well, go do the next step. What you mean? What you mean? I said, you got to talk to God to find out what that is. People like the shortcut of things. They want to canvas everybody else and see how they got where God put them. I think they're going to get it all, suck it off your brain. Well, all they'll have is a cheap imitation of who you are. You don't want that. You Take your time with what God has put before you. Amen? The other reason for, for the testing of time is to test our diligence. Because the Bible says we must be diligent to the end to receive our inheritance. So your promise from God is more than stuff. It's an inheritance, which means that it has power to affect your life in a positive way. But also it can be given to your children, your grandchildren. It's like you would spend your own money that you inherit. When you inherit it, you have possession over it for distribution. Or you can hoard it all up yourself. I don't know. But it is for distribution. So that when God gives you something and you receive it the way he wants you to receive it on time in your life, it becomes a permanent possession for you. It is an inheritance for you. Now, not everything God imparts to you can be used at your discretion. Anything that has to do with the anointing, with the work of God, is totally under God's control. You can't control that. You can't control where God will send you. You can't control Him. Can't control the message He gives you. Can't control any of that when it has to do with the work of the ministry. But the things that are your personal possessions, they come to you. You have some discretion over those things. Amen. You don't have a, a control over your physical being. You can't go anywhere you want to go. You can't be around anybody you want to be around. You you don't have that kind of control. If you knew what God had put inside you and what he's called you to, which is revealed over time, it won't be revealed to you all at one time. Most things you have to walk through and by experience know the call of God. You just can't sit up and read your Bible and imagine you being this or imagine you being that, and, and that's fulfillment. You have to live by faith and, and, and understand that God has called you to walk a certain walk. He's called you to do certain things for him, and you must do those things. Mostly we're tested in patience. Amen? We're tested in patience because everybody wants what they want right away. Amen. Go to First uh, Peter 4. We'll talk about the fire that's in the trying of God. Time must be f- spent in the fire. It's a refining fire. We got stuff in us that's not usable to God. And that has to be burnt away in the situations that God puts us through. First Peter chapter four verses one. Let me see. Ah, twelve, twelve and thirteen. He says, "Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. Not God; it's trying you, as though some strange thing is happening. This ain't unusual, folks." So just hold your comments, hold your complaining, hold your pouting, hold your whining. It's not strange. You're not unique. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. So the more things we experience that Jesus experienced, the more joyful and rejoicing we should receive. Now how many people really taking and rejoicing? My boss don't like me. They don't do me right. When I come in the room, everybody act funny. Well, you ain't the only one who walked in there. Don't you know Jesus goes with you everywhere you go? In the person of the Holy Spirit? Huh? So the fire comes to remind you who you are, number one. And remind you that you ain't all what you think you are. You're not less and you're not more. But the fire reveals who we are. Reveals our character. Reveals our, our obedience to God to, to handle the fire the way he says we're to handle it. Now listen. We all been touched with a hot stove, and what do you do the minute you touch it? You pull your hand back. If you got good sense, you will. But suppose it had to stay in the fire. Well, that don't make sense. No, but that is God's way now. Don't tell me it don't make sense. But if you have to stay in the fire, then you have to seek comfort from another source so why are we all trying to use natural means to escape the fire and not endure it and take God's comfort while we're in the fire see we all like the story about the three Hebrew boys day one blank Didn't smell like, and girl, that fire ate them people up that threw them in there. That's our favorite part. Huh? (laughs) But what does it say? It didn't say they came out right away. They went in the fire. But what was different about this fire? They had somebody in there with them they had somebody in there with them. That's all God wants you to do is trust him to be with you in the fire. Stay in the fire until he releases you and let that fire do its refining work in your life. We have to be refined. We have to be refined. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's something we can rejoice over. You know, everybody wants to get excited about something. Well, I got news for you, Will, if you let yourself, because you got fire coming. We all do. And it's not a punishment, it's a necessity. Jesus, I love you, I want to please you. Well, you're on your way. Huh? The longer you stay in the heat, the hotter it gets. Amen? It's not like it's going to be for a while and you jump out. We wish. huh? You can't terminate the length of the trial. So the trial really is not so much of the temperature, but it's the time. Because if I did this and took it back... There's no time element there. But if I did this and I had to rely on somebody to help me through it, then I've accomplished something. It's not that unusual. Look at all the people, the fire eaters and fire walkers. There's something in man that wants to endure some kind of punishment to prove there's something more about them than we know. Everybody's trying to go for some deeper power. Something supernatural to prove that there's more to them than what meets the eye. And so that's just a counterfeit of what God does with his people. He wants us to see and experience these things so that we will know that we're not that person we were before he met us. That we will know that there's been a change in us. You ever have a situation come up where you would have flipped out and went off on somebody and all of a sudden it don't, you might feel a little bit of tremor on the inside but your mind don't go there like it used to. That came from the fire. That end result, that end result that you are now is a result of your boss being mean to you and you stayed on the job and you didn't pout, you didn't you know, call nine one one on somebody. You know what I'm saying? You can go off on nobody. Huh? You endure it. Well I get sick of taking stuff off people. Huh? Isn't that what we say? Then you wanna blow up Pastor Shirley's phone. Right, right, right. Huh? And she ain't seen you in church in weeks. Huh? Want to get out the fire all of a sudden? And she's she's kind to you, but what she should say, girl, you should have been in church the last few weeks because I just preached on that. Oh, you didn't even cheat and go on YouTube either. <laughs> Talking about the saints now. Huh? Wow. All of a sudden, you know why that happens to us? It's not that God is punishing you with a mean boss because you didn't go to church. But it's to prove to you that when you miss, you miss. It's not that you are missed, you miss. (laughs) Huh? Because life in the spirit goes on for all of us. You understand what I'm saying? We don't dare stop. I mean, I know everybody's too mature now to stop and wonder why somebody ain't here. They ain't here because they don't want to be here. You got me? End of discussion. You start wondering too much and you'll be missing. The source of your comfort must be God to make it through the trial. And you prove that to yourself because people come up to you and say, well, uh, what's going on in your life? It's going to get better because that don't help you. Look at Job's consolers. God had to show up and help him anyway, even after all that. So we're in 1 Peter 4. He says, don't think it strange, verse 12, but rejoice. Verse 13, inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed. glory's a big word. What what you mean, God? What's, what's going to happen if I endure this? You'll never know on this side of the test. It's called cheating. You know those people that go to when the when you it's summertime and, and Friday test and they come in with a long sweatshirt with long sleeves on because they're pulling it back. The whole reading the answers, the little crib notes, right? Well, God doesn't allow cheating. When he tests you, you can't cheat. You have to endure and pass. Now, if you can submit and trust him through it, you won't even feel the flames. So your antidote for pain is rejoicing. And it's built into your spirit man. You know, sometimes you'll you'll be doing things and saying things, you just got to laugh. God, you got me. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, you know it so well. So all you can do is chuckle and say, okay, God, you got me. You know, here I am strapped down again. Why did you get strapped down? Because you dared to believe he had something good coming for you. And that's how we get in the fire. Trust me, if if he could give it to you now, he would. It would. It would be an instant deliverance or an instant gift but he can't give it to you now. Your faith won't pull it in. In other words, you got to build a bigger garage and expect I I always give this example. I remember when uh during the late 80s car the prices of car cars went up drastically and i know now looking back now that all of this has been explained to us tariffs drove them up and they were even saying things like sticker shock remember those you got sticker shock so what did everybody do you bought japanese even though you wanted gm i don't care what tariffs they put on some i'm gonna want a gm i'm a gm girl you understand what i'm saying I can't even pronounce they sushi. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, you know, no offense to nobody, but that just ain't my language. Not in food, not in cars, not in. You understand what I'm saying? Can't handle it. And so I remember all the cars, American cars, they cut them down drastically in size. It was like a sin to have. Like a Lincoln Continental. Diamond in the back. Sun. Yeah. Or dig in the sing Woo. hoo, Yeah. You you couldn't have that. I'm oh, serious. You had to cut your song short. And go with the sushi. And, and they got sushi cars. Huh? And I remember riding in one with somebody one time. I said, this thing rides like a tin can. You know, get me out of here. If we run into something, it's over for the kid, you know. But uh that was what we went through. And between that time and the time my husband started looking for another car, I got saved. And I was on the ceiling talking faith all the time. I like, let, me, let me have it. I'll get it with my faith and I remember praying with him about it, and I said, what kind of car do you want? Well, I said, no, what do you want? You understand what I'm saying? There's a want in there in everybody. You just gotta know how to let it out. I didn't ask you what you thought we could afford or what you, I ah. don't So we went to the Cadillac dealer, cause he had owned a Lincoln, and I thought, let's go upscale. Nothing against you Ford people. But why do they say it's the Cadillac of, I know, I'm not going to get of, I'm going to take the of out of my. Get... Huh? Because my faith can do it. And I just like them things. <laughs> so anyway, but that's just me. You like what you like. Yeah. You what man. you like. So anyway, as long as you can afford it. Yeah. Nobody's coming. You ain't parking it in everybody else's yard trying to keep it from the repo people. Huh? You know your cousins got driving around, got, I got a new hand. Then they start calling you. Is your garage empty? <laughs> Come on, we're parking in your garage now. It's a true sign. But I remember praying about it and we pray I prayed about it for a little bit. And I just kept telling the Lord, I said, well, Lord, just let me know. I said, I believe it's close. I just like knowing stuff from God. If he'll tell me, I'm begging him to find out. Because I want to know how you can tell when you're close. I want to know how you can do. You can relax or you can get expectant or whatever, whatever. You understand what I'm saying. He's more in tune with what God has. And I remember going in the house and he, the car he had then, I think it was a Chrysler, the old New Yorker they made that was very small. And uh, it was short. All of them were snub-nosed cars. And I remember I parked on the left side of him. He parked close to the door, of course. (laughs) He was always close to the door. And I had to walk, but that's a whole other story. (laughs) But anyway, I remember getting out of my car and walking around as though – and his car is here, and I'm walking around like this – to get in the house couldn't tell why i was doing it but that was my faith had already built the car and it was like a matter of another few days and we went and got it amen so faith has a reality and a tangibility to it that is unmistakable don't run out and get nothing Until your faith can see it in your garage. And I mean your faith. I'm not talking about your imagination. I mean your faith. You hear me? Till it's that real, you can almost touch it. I know there have been times where you can pray. I've prayed. And I feel like it's right there. And then it's ten more years before it shows up. Because faith is always now. But time is needed to test to see if your faith is going to hold because not only do you got to get it in your garage, you got to make payments every month unless it's a cash deal. Huh? I remember when everybody was, all the faith people were talking about uh, Debt-free, in the in the debt free, don't go into debt. Ah, you can't go into debt. You know, that's a sin. and That's this. and That's that. And so I had listened to that and I thought to myself, I said, Well, you know, I'm I'm not gonna put myself in bondage trying to go get stuff cash all the time. You know, sometimes cash does real not really make sense. Um and you know, what's his name? Uh yeah, he would disagree with me, but there are times when it doesn't, because we've proven it. Amen. Times of recession. You hold on to your cash and you use somebody else's. You got me? It just depends on, on what the condition of the economy is. And so we went through some times where it made more sense for my husband to get a loan for the car. And then all of a sudden we looked up and we had enough money saved to pay cash for the car. But he had already taken the loan out. And one day he was writing the check. He said, that just don't make sense. He said, let me go ahead and pay this thing off. You understand what? So if debt-free is real and it's God, if you're walking with God, you're going to walk into it. Without putting yourself in a strain, without condemning yourself because you don't do it, that's the worst thing in the world to do. Huh? Sometimes your lifestyle can make debt-free easy, and sometimes it's too much of a challenge for you. If you got to get to a job, and it takes a car to get there, and they're going to give you a 3% loan so you can have something. It's much better than getting up four hours early and taking buses to get there. You understand what I'm saying? So let's not get crazy here. But time will test you on everything that God has promised you, folks. So learn how to sit back and relax and endure. Don't get bent out of shape and ask all the, uh, the three deadly questions. Why isn't it here yet? What did I do wrong? And what can I do to get it faster? Right. Huh? Don't go there. Learn how to rejoice. Ooh, yeah. Do what the Bible says do. It says rejoice in the midst of what you're going through. Why? Because joy puts God on the scene for you. Yes, Amen? I remember Joyce Meyer was preaching one time, and she was saying, so all you single people out there who say you're sick of being single, let me tell you something. At least you didn't have to get nobody's permission to come here tonight. (laughs) And the whole place erupted in applause. And all the married people are sitting there like, (laughs) huh? Time is necessary for proving in everything. I mean, we we talked about the green bananas versus ripe bananas. It takes time to get them ripe. When you prove things, time. Alcohol. When you make, when they make whiskey, they make it a certain. Oh, you ex-alcoholic sitting up there acting like you're on a... she talking about? Whiskey? I wouldn't, my lips would never touch such a thing. I don't care about all that. But you read bottles. Huh? You can read, can't you? Well, where did the term proof come from? If they sold you some moonshine and it was clear liquid in a mason jar... How'd you know that was the real stuff or that? So they set fire to it to prove there was alcohol. And then professional distillers got involved. And they were able to tell by how fast it burned, how much it burned, how much heat it got up, how much alcohol was in it. That's where you get your... 40 proof, 50 proof, 100 proof, 180 if you like rum, you know. That stuff, you take the top off the bottle, you got to clear everybody out the room. It's like, whoa. Where's Chuck when you need her? You understand? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Their liver will die in like three years on some of that stuff but time caused the proof to increase that's what they found so time was able to age it properly time was able to give proof that it was as potent as they say it is so time proves everything just like time proves us if we love god as much as we say we do we'll let time do what it's supposed to in order to prove us that our faith can hold huh and you single people ought to be glad for this because you know time will prove if you wait and let god put you together and put that person together before he brings you together time will prove you in advance that you got enough sticking power to stick it out when don't nobody have a job and everybody getting put out, threatened to be put out, you know, the devil likes to do that to, to marry people, especially if they're just starting out. He'll snatch the rug out from under you in a minute. And if you have have allowed God to prove you and prove prove your commitment to it and your dedication to it and all that kind of stuff, then God will bring it together at the right time. But you get involved in something and it's not proven by God? He'll yes. pass his test? Yes. Huh? You know all these queens looking for their king. Yes. Yes. Uh, that brother walk up to you with king on a shirt, then you take off the jacket and say, Kong underneath. <laughs> you say, Uh-oh! Ooh, I just messed up now. <laughs> you yeah, see here that brother dragging his knuckles across the floor every time he got up and went to the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> you, understand <what> I'm saying? <laughs> you know I'm talking about Tish. You know his brother like that out there. Huh? See, God does that so you can tell how often he go to the refrigerator you got to buy some serious groceries well anyway I'm not going to go there I might have to take you to a diversion down female trick lane (laughs) now it's funny right wasn't funny when he was dragging his knuckles across to your refrigerator with your food in it because his is empty Men don't buy no food. Don't expect them to. Well, I went to this store the last time. He should go, oh, so smooth. Excuse me, sister. Your crown done got crooked. You sweating groceries. A queen know how to get groceries in the house, whether she shops for them or not. Without involving the king. Some learning to do up in here. I see There's some learning to do. You need time to be educated. That's what God's doing with us, folks. He is educating us to kingdom ways. Amen. Every take everything takes time for the finished process to develop a quality product. It takes time for us to learn how to discern what quality is. What God's quality is. We have to learn how to wait for God to tell us who people are. Anything that you need that is going to serve you in life takes time. A degree takes time. Now being a fast learner is a blessing, but you still gotta take, you gotta go, you know, you gotta put your time in for the things that you need. Many times time takes maturity. Amen. And time will develop maturity in people. There are some professions you cannot go into as teenagers, even though you might be a whiz kid. Amen. Nobody wants a doctor who's 12 years old. That stuff happens on television. Now they'll give you a little research job and tell you, you know what I'm saying, you get there one day, but now ain't the time for you. Anybody's got a brain would do that. James 1 tells us this. Thank you, Nikki. James 1 tells us, that patience, time does something for us that immediate things cannot do. Amen. James 1 3, knowing this, well, it says in verse 2, brethren, count it all joy when you go through different trials. There's more than one, so quit talking about the big thing that happened to you. Like it won't happen again. It will. And he says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith, so your faith is being tried to see how strong it is, to see what condition it is, to see the the strength of it, to see if it'll hold, to see if it'll pull you through the next level of test that you have to go through. You know, married people, when they're tested, you're tested. So you get it twice. You know, don't think you're on easy street because... You understand what I'm saying? What did the, my dear late husband, his shadow yeah, ball? I used to hear him talk with his boys sometime behind his, my back. Here. Yeah, yeah, that old ball and chain is in there. I said, Yeah, yeah, better believe it. <laughs> huh? Yep, you can have what you say, brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's my middle name. Yeah, don't apologize there. Good for you. So trials are to be met with joy, not because you're happy about it, but joy is a protection against the negative effects of endurance. Joy actually repels depression, discouragement. Joy is a healing for you. That's why the Bible says to count it all joy, all of it, not just the parts that you think are easy to to handle, but the whole thing should be counted as joy. Why? Because you outsmarted the devil this time. He thought he was making your life worse and actually he's making it better. Because devil, when I come out of this, I'll have something that you didn't give me, and you can't take away from me this for what I'm getting for this is all God, and so joy is not for the 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 it, it is for the process you don't you're not joyful that the process is going on, but you can have joy through the process, looking at the outcome. if you keep your eyes focused on the outcome, well, what's the outcome you're going to have what you ask God for, and then some. So you can be just as joyful, enduring, and going through as you were when you first talked to God about what it is you're believing him for. And don't disconnect the trial from the promise. Like, I don't know why this is happening to me. I do this, I do that, I do that. Yeah, and you're going to do this too. And if you'll count it all joy, you'll come through it fine. You won't even smell like smoke. you would be like the Hebrew boys. Amen. Your eyelashes ain't singed. Your hair ain't singed. Amen. You know, I was listening to a testimony about this woman that had chemotherapy. She was a Christian. And she she really wanted to do the word, but her family was concerned. And, and um, she had to do the chemotherapy. She lost her hair. And she said, I told God one day, I said, God i want to really laugh at the devil she said give me a nicer head of hair than i had before i went through this and she said when she was done with her chemo her hair started to grow back and people would always marvel at how beautiful her hair was she'd even give testimonies she'd go up to people and they'd look at she said are you looking at my hair dear oh let me tell you uh, let me tell you the testimony about it amen she didn't try to take credit for it or brag about it or anything let me and it opened the door for her to give testimony over and over and over again to the goodness of God so her end result was exceeding and abundantly beyond all that she could ask or think there are some people that their hair never comes back after chemotherapy You understand what I'm saying? They struggle. They struggle with their parents and all these other things that the enemy would do to disfigure you. Amen. But when she finished her trial, she made sure she asked God for total restoration even better than before of all things. And see, she got that faith while she was in the fire of going through that. Amen. You get the fire for that and then some when you go through. You go through with God instead of being mad at god that you had to have this why me why me why me why not you man you hear people exalting cancer like it's a big deal you got to be careful with that kind of stuff put them little pink ribbons somewhere get you some prayer cloths out i'm serious go help the go help the the sick with the blood of jesus you understand what i'm saying when diseases start getting all this kind of attention, well, you got to notice it if you to notice it. I ain't got time. What, I got three minutes now? I ain't got time for all that <laughs> unbelief in sitting up there. Who, what's wrong with the poor cancer survivor? You're not a survivor. You're an overcomer if you're in Christ. Don't you go identifying with, you're not merely a survivor. Are you kidding me? What Jesus does, did for us, He didn't do that for us just to survive and run around with pink ribbons everywhere, fixing your crown and all that. Cut, cut that stuff out. Get in the real thing here. Hebrews twelve eleven. You still with me, ladies in and gentlemen? You still with me? I digress. All right, Hebrews 12. Let's go to something happy. <laughs> Twelve eleven. Oops, now no chastening for the present time seems joyous, but grievous. In other words, God's expecting you not to like the trial all the time. So don't try to fix your face up like you like it. Amen. But you can have joy. Joy is different than like. Are you kidding me? I'd rather have joy any day than to like something or somebody. Amen. I can have joy over the fact that that the people in this ministry are healed. Amen. That's better than trying to like everybody. You understand what I'm saying individually. We don't live on like. We live on the things of the spirit. We live on the the joy that we have, that we have a Christian family. We have a a family of consistently faithful people who will pray, not just for their own needs, the needs of others, but the needs of the nation, the country, that they are givers, that they love God. See, that's more stuff to rejoice over than... I don't know if I like her or not. Did she speak to me when she came in or did she ignore me like she always does? because I'm keeping score? I don't live like that. I don't have time to live like that. You know what I'm saying? So the fruit of God's spirit, folks. Trials are not pleasant at the time you're in it but the fruit of his spirit transcends time because it's eternal it comes from an eternal place so you can bring eternity down into your limited time or your trying time so that's what the fruit of that's what joy does it brings eternity down in the middle of your time you have to endure so you get into eternity in the middle of your endurance trial and you don't notice the passage of time huh When you're in unbelief, you notice it. When you get over in the spirit, you don't. I'd rather live in the spirit. And this is why God trains us to do this. This is the only way you live in the spirit. You get forced to be there. The fruit of God's spirit are eternal and project us into eternity. So when you walk with God, you're not in this earth realm anymore. You are projected over into eternity where he lives. And at the end, there's a fruit that's yielded from your spiritual tree. And it's a peaceable fruit of righteousness, which means that you're not easily moved by your flesh anymore. Amen. You can stand and withstand. If God tells you to let something go, you let it go. Now, you might scream and holler like somebody who's hooked on sugar. You know what I'm saying? Huh? Or like the baby when you drop that binky somewhere and you don't know where you dropped it. Man, you're in trouble. And you better not go buy a fresh one. They know the difference. They do. You're going to be in trouble for a while. But they yield a a peaceable fruit of righteousness. As time passes, peaceable fruit is established. So you get more and more fruity. Amen. As time goes on. People, and you will see how much you've grown. God will tell you. You know how you've grown? God trusts you with more. Huh? He's not reluctant to put the more into your hands. He doesn't want more to mess you up. And it'll mess you up. I don't care how much you say. Well, you know, God, if you give it to me now, I ain't going to do nothing wrong. Right. Yes, you are. As sure as you stand in there not that lie, you're going to do it. You understand what I'm saying? So it'll come in its season. You ain't ripe yet. You understand? You ain't ripe yet. You just gotta stay in there until you ripen. So the fruit of righteousness, you know what righteousness means? You're not angry and begging all the time and, and mad at God 'cause you don't get something right away. Huh? And you ain't doing it to show all them haters, huh? That said you wouldn't ever get this, we're gonna ever get that. One. God don't he don't bless you to prove nothing to your haters. He blesses you to establish his covenant in your life. It's your crazy self. Huh? That's why you ain't got nothing now. You go out and brag to the haters they be to took it away from you. Because they waiting for you to get something so you can pay them back for everything you done borrowed. Are we done? Thank you, Lord. All right. Well, let's quit. Father, thank you for your word and for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for the power in your word. Thank you, Lord, that we are all here under the test of time. We are withstanding the test of time, Father. We'll come out golden. Amen. We'll come out as pure gold. So we thank you for it, Lord. We bless you and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up. I'll pray your you.